Let's Talk podcast guests are invited to share their unique perspectives regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion. The ideas expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the practices of Mesquite ISD and are not an endorsement of any particular agenda or viewpoint. Welcome to the Let's Talk podcast, inspired by Mesquite ISD's leadership and empowerment team, or LET for short. Our guests include educators, students, and community members sharing their experiences from their perspectives. So let's have a real conversation about embracing our differences and finding common ground with your hosts, Dr. LaDonna Gully and Ted Maddox. Welcome to the Let's Talk podcast. All of us in education know how important teaching is, math, science, social studies, English, and reading, all of that. But we as a society are getting better at tending to mental health, too. And the first line of defense in our elementary schools are our counselors. And that's what our guest today is. So let's start with the introductions. My name is Ted Madden. I work for the communications department in MISD, and I'm a 48-year-old white man. My name is Dr. LaDonna Gully. I am the director of leadership and empowerment for our district, and I'm a 51-year-old African-American woman. No, I'm sad. I'm 53. Oh. <laughs> My name is Melina Antiveros. I'm the school counselor at Port Elementary. I'm sorry about that. I'm 53 years old and I'm Asian. Don't, don't be sorry. So, yeah, I, I like to tell this once in a while. My twin brother, when we turned 30, he sent me a birthday card and it says, here are our options. You can turn 30 or you can be dead. So that's a good way of looking at it. That's yes, right. exactly. be 53. My, my mother always say, get old graciously. You know, Absolutely. You're getting old graciously. So uh-huh. I'm proud of that age. <laughs> well, I, we were talking before the podcast, and mm-hmm. you have an interesting background. Can you share with us now on the podcast? Yes, I am Melina Antiverse. Like what I said, I'm from the Philippines uh, with 7,100-something islands, high tide. <laughs> I don't know how much low tide, probably more than that. Um, I taught in the Philippines for 10 years from elementary school to high school. So, and then uh, suddenly there was a big, huge opening here in the United States like 20 years ago. And I tried to apply. It's a whole year process to be a teacher in the United States, but I want to be here uh, legally and uh, the right way. So it was always my dream to come here, and I was able to teach in Presidio ISD. Uh, It's the border between um, Texas and Mexico over there at the Big Bend area. Mm -hmm. I was there for five years, and then um, we moved to Dallas. We moved to Dallas. Um, I, I was a teacher there for five years as well at Henry B. Gonzalez. And then to Porter. It's my 10th year now in Porter, seven years as a teacher, and three years as a counselor. Third year, this is my third year as a counselor. Mm -hmm. So overall, this is my 10th year in Porter, 20 years in the United States of America, and 30th year in the field of education. You said it was your dream to come to America. Can you expound on that a little bit? Tell us why. Okay. In the Philippines... The only way you can come to the United States of America is either you're rich or you are probably an entertainer or um, a nurse. And none of those is me. <laughs> so when there was a huge opening, when you were when there was a big need of teachers here in the United States, that really opened a lot of, of opportunities for us Filipino teachers mm-hmm. to come here. And so what did you what happened when you got here? 
Oh my goodness. Okay, as I was telling you, uh, I was assigned to Presidio, which is actually a desert area. So if you are in an Asian country, the usual picture that you see about United States is California, Hollywood, or New York, maybe a little bit of Florida, but we got a lot of beaches in the Philippines, so it doesn't really resonate in my head. But um, as we were driving, I think it was my assistant principal and principal pick a, who picked us up from El Paso, Texas, where the airport was, airport is, and we were driving towards the I-10 going south and west, then west, and it's just desert all over. And we were stopped by, by the border patrol to check our luggage, our papers and all that. And then going to Marfa, there was another group of border patrol. So I had to ask my principal, you know, in my contract, I'm supposed to go to the United States of America, like Texas. And then they all laugh because it's still America, apparently. But it's desert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I love it there. It's a beautiful place. How long have you been married? Um, oh, oh put you my on God, spot, my didn't husband I? will kill me. <laughs> He'll probably be fine. It's the other way that you usually get it's, somebody uh, killed. No, it's been 16 years. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm asking because you probably throw some people off in this part of the world. You're Filipino, but your last name is Antiveros. Antiveros, which is a Hispanic last name. Right. My husband is Hispanic. He's from San Antonio. Uh, he's a retired U.S. military man and U.S. Marine. Very proud and very few. <laughs> and uh, he actually had an opportunity to teach with me in Porter, too, before he retired. Oh. He was a teacher for 15 years as well before he retired. Okay. But do, you, do you get some... Do people know, you know, your background when they first talk to you, or do they think you're Hispanic? Okay, so that's, uh, sometimes it happens, but when I speak, they can hear my accent, so most of the time they know that I'm not from here. So uh, I just think that, I don't think that they're meant to be prejudiced or what, I just think their intention is just really to know where I come from. Mm -hmm. um, I've experienced uh, a lot of discrimination more in my country than here, to be honest with you, which oh. is... I know not a lot of people would admit it, but um, I've been talking about that with my family. Here is people's more accepting, especially Mesquite ISD. Um, I was given an opportunity to be a leader, I mean, to be a counselor in the campus that I love so much, which is Porter Elementary. And um, it's not very usual in the country where I came from. So this is probably something that uh, never we had a discussion with, but... I was explaining this to my husband the other day. I said, there, my color is not right. You know, um, you are not light enough to be in a certain job. Or if you're, if you are, um, you're, they, they can, they can easily see if you're coming from a university that's not popular or not big enough. So it's kind of hard to get a job if you're coming from there. But I was resilient. I was um, very I have my I have my dream and have my drive. Mm -hmm. I came from a very um, I'm trying not to be emotional. Oh, okay. <laughs> I came from a very um, dysfunctional family, mm -hmm. and my goal is to break that chain. I want to be the first one to be educated in my father's side. Absolutely, and that story I'm sure is just very just intertwined, as we all have you know stories about you know, where where we've come from. 
Um, in fact, today I was sharing with someone, um, a colleague, about how I put up a banner in my classroom that said, it's not where you begin, but mm-hmm. where you end that matters. It does. And I always shared that with my students because I wanted them to understand that, you know, it, we don't get the opportunity to choose who we're born to, uh, what we're going to look like, you know, none of that. Um, we're literally given this hand that we have to then turn around and look at the deck and say, okay, so this is where I am, Mm -hmm. and then move from there. And so then it does become a level of resiliency. Yes. You know, but it's also so beautiful because I think that when you get on the other side of that, you get to look back and understand that all of that is really what has made me who I am, Mm -hmm. you know, today. And now I get to share that with others so that they know that they too can do something really great, especially our kids. So, you know, think about how important that story is, you know, that you get to kind of share with students about, you know, hey, it's not where you begin, it's where you win that matters. Um, I'm very careful with what I share. Mm -hmm. But if I know that the children, the student or my student will be inspired by my story, I try my best to. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want them to see that this is me from where I came from, you know. That nothing is impossible if they just work hard and they really push to that dream that they want to be in their life. Mm-hmm. It There's nothing can stop them from being who they want to be. I want to ask one more question about your background before we get off of that. And this is an intentionally loaded question. Why did you choose to become a teacher? Okay. <laughs> that is a funny question, but... Um, like what I said, in the Philippines, uh, you don't get to choose what you want to be. When your parents said you want they want you to be a teacher, you're going to go to the college to be an educator, then you will be an educator. That is because, and, and I know their intention is, is good, you know, mm-hmm. um, we don't have much money. And it's not like here that you can borrow money to go to, edu- to college. So there's no such thing as FAPSA <laughs> or... <laughs> or uh, government will let you borrow that money so you can finish your college. Um, My parents, which is actually my aunt and my uncle, really helped me to go to college. And they know that I just really want to finish something and, and, and be able to follow a dream that I want to, or be the, live a different life, different from what we have. Um, So, if you will take another course, it will cost a lot of money. I really want to be an engineer, but being an engineer, you need a lot of materials. So my parents said education is the cheaper, the cheapest one. So that's what you're going to be. And I'm actually very happy about that. And I'm glad that my, my aunt and my uncle uh, pushed me to become a teacher because it's I love what I'm doing. And getting out of teaching and going to counseling is, I think, the best decision I have ever done because it's not really getting out of the education and getting out of the classroom or getting out of the campus. Mm -hmm. I'm still with the kids. Do you feel like that choice of education has truly become not only your passion, but uh, where you feel like your work is? It is. And um, I'm going to tell you that um, what... What makes me actually feel happy with what I am doing right now is that I became the person I needed when I was little. You know, um, we never had that. We don't have a counselor. If we do, I don't know. I never heard of them when I was in high school or elementary. 
Um, and then when I came here in the United States, I mean, counselors are there for the kids. They can talk to them. I can send a kid to the counselor so they can, you know, um, at least have someone that they can trust to tell what they're, what's going on with their family. So as a counselor and as a teacher, I, I just like that I am the person that I, I want to have. I wish I had when I was little. We talk a lot about the life journey that we all have. We all mm-hmm. have a journey from wherever we were to where we are now. I'm really curious about the actual literal journey of leaving the Philippines mm-hmm. and then coming over here and leaving that entire life behind to pursue this dream. First of all, I would say this is my home now. I love where I came from and I'm proud of it. But this is my home. Um, okay, give me a second. I honestly feel like what you're about to say is going to touch somebody else. So, um, as a teacher over there, um, you will live a decent life, you know, but it's, it's not something that you will be able to buy a house right away or drive a vehicle right away. You know, and uh, in the culture, in the Filipino culture, well, maybe it changed now. Uh, women don't drive. Mm-hmm. Women is just in the passenger seat. And I'm quite independent person. So it was difficult for me when I was there. Well, um, even though it was difficult, I tried my best to show that I can do things, you know, on my own. And um, I'll be able to accomplish something by myself. So coming here with the opportunity to drive my own car, buy my own house. In fact, we just paid off our house. Um, that, is a, that is something. It's a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I want to show my child that I even showed her that I will take her to the Philippines. I haven't taken her to the Philippines ever since. Like what I said, this is my home now. It's kind of, even though I have family still there, but they're also scattered now. They're in some of the Sweden, some of them in the in the in Japan or in um, Middle East. Mm-hmm. So I like very few families, but still I want her to see where I came from, my humble beginning. Mm-hmm. Because I want her to understand why I work hard, why I leave, I leave from home early always, and why I want to be prompt and punctual in my work. I stay late and I work, you know, what I do, why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Because what America has given me is something that I will never get over there. Um, I know, I always say, and I'm not judging, some people don't appreciate what we have here. This is, this is a very generous country, very generous. If you have no food, you have, can go to a sharing life, you can go ask for help from somewhere else. And I love that I'm one of the instruments to give that to my students and parents. I love that opportunity to be able to do that, you know, because I've needed that before, and I did not have that. So... It's kind of hard for me when some people or some Filipinos say, let's go home to the Philippines. I say, well, this is my home. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to visit, but this is my home. How old is your daughter? She's 16. She's going to graduate soon. So old enough for her to kind of appreciate some of these things you yes. went through to and get we're her. trying our best not to raise a privileged child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she has to work. She knows she has to work for everything. Um, she's aware that everything that we do, that me and my husband came from a very humble beginning and that the reason why we are where we are is because of that beginning. And we're Mm -hmm. proud of it. Mm -hmm. 
do you feel like um, having your experiences um, and knowing how you have lived someone somewhere else? I think that that always gives people an, an insight because oftentimes people only know what they have right here, mm-hmm. right? And even even right here in our community of Mesquite, we have people who've never really even left Mesquite. They've always been just mm-hmm. right here. And so I think that there are definitely some advantages to actually being on the outside and coming in. Have you found that? Oh, yes. To be true? Yes. Like like what I said, you know, um, understanding that there are other opportunities somewhere else. And um, that that's not the only thing that's available for you. There are other things. You just have to explore. Mm-hmm. No, um, my husband and I decided to live in Mesquite 15 years ago or 16 years ago. We never left. We want our daughter to grow up here. This is a great community, a great place to raise a child. Um, and she even said that even if my daughter said that even if we decided to move somewhere else, my husband and I, she wants to make sure that she will still be coming home here in Mesquite. Which just makes us like, okay, so we're not going to sell that house ever because she wants to come <laughs> home here. You know? uh, even though we, we plan to move somewhere else after that, but I guess we're not moving because this is for her. This is her home. She said, I want to come home to the Philippines, to, to Mesquite when I, whenever I, I'm coming from college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope I answered your question. Yes. With the work you do with the kids, can you tell us, can you get a sense of what do kids need today? What do the elementary school kids th- that age, what okay. do those kids need? Yes. Okay. In elementary, it's different. Okay. Um, they're very, um, it's not hard to get what they're feeling. They're very vocal and it's easy to have a feel. As soon as you see them in the morning, you see them with their facial expression, you already know what they what, what they, they want to say something. And um, the kids just want to have somebody to talk to. You know, um, even though I cannot come up with a solution, which is not our uh, as a counselor's job, really, but we help them figure out a solution or probably something that will calm them down. Um, it's more like, um, like what I said, um, that my job right now is I wish I had this before. Mm-hmm. Like probably I will be able to go through all the things that I went through when I was a kid if I have somebody to talk to. And I wish I am like that for these kids right now. Because um, sometimes we see them as behavior problems, but they are act- actually more than that. When they come to you, they, it's like acting out. It's just their way of expressing to you what, that they are sad, that they are mad, that they're confused, and they don't know what they're doing, what's going on around them. And sometimes it's hard to explain to them, you know, and because there are just things that we don't want to tell them about what's going on with their life. But explaining it to them in such a way that they will understand is something that's really, really helped me a lot. Um, Going back to where I came from, I said, okay, what do I want this person, a person to tell me if I am in this kid's situation right now? And that helps me a lot Mm -hmm. dealing with kids. Why is this work important to you? This job is important to me because... um, there were three of us, um, my siblings, my brother, and my sister, and I. Um, my mom passed away when I was um, 15, before I turned 16, before I graduated high school. It was actually my senior year. And um, 
nobody had explained to us what's going on with our life because my father has another family so like what i said it's very dysfunctional mm. and um we have no or we probably do have cps in the philippines but if you are poor and you are just you can live in, their, in your own house by yourself and nobody would even know it nobody would even report it nobody even would question it mm -hmm. So it was just me, my sibling, and I. I was 15, my sister was 13, and my brother was 7. We were living in our own home by ourselves. I was working and studying at the same time. And I never understood life then. And now that I'm a school counselor, I said, I promised myself that as children come to my, to my office, and with a similar kind of life, I wish I could be that adult that could explain to them and just be there for them, you know. So that's the reason why this, this job is very close to my heart. You speak like someone who's been doing this a lot longer than three years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been teaching for like 30 years. And to be honest with you, I'm very possessive of my students when I was a teacher. And I think that's what uh, some of my principals think that I am. Um, I think of them as my children. And right now, I am, I'm actually uh, godparents for most of my students 30 years ago that has been married now. I'm their godparent. And in their weddings, I'm always invited. If I'm not a godparent, they consider me as their mom. They invite me to every family. And that is enough for me to feel like I've done something right mm -hmm. for these kids. You know, um, they're my children. Yes, they are. What made you make that transition? It was three years ago, you said. Yes. You were a teacher and now you're a counselor? So, yes. Okay. Um, my husband and I, and I were having a conversation. I said, you know, um, I really need a change of career. It's just a feeling that I'm getting because mm -hmm. it's been 28. At that time, it's been 25 years. Mm. As it's been 25 years, I still want to be with the kids, and I still want to be in school, but um, I don't feel like teaching is my way to go to before I retire. Right. I want something else. And I so happened to talk to Miss Collins, which was our our counselor at the time, and I like what she's doing, you know. Whenever we have a conversation, and it's like, I said, okay, I like that, you know, I wish you could talk to me like that before, you know, I mean, this is, you are the person I needed, you know, and I said, why not? So I talked to my husband, my daughter, my daughter was middle school at that time, I said, will you be okay if I take another master's and, um, you know, um, it will end up dad helping you a lot, and they both said, okay, so I went through, and just to make sure it's fair for them, I really, really tried to finish it before two years. So 18 months, I'm done mm -hmm. with a 4.0 GPA. Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I'm proud of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, and that's it. And then my I became an instructional specialist for a year, and I went back to the classroom just to finish my internship here in Mesquite ISD for counseling. And then Ms. Collins uh, decided she wants to retire, and I said, I will apply for your job. And I'm glad that I got that job. So, so what's the best part about it? It was the best part about it is being in the same school where I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You talk, I mean, you talk about these relationships you have with 
your your children, but now they're 30 years old. Probably more than that. They're probably four. Because just so you know that I started teaching when I was 22 or 21. So when I was teaching high school, they were 17 oh, wow. and 18. So they're like similar as my age. They look like I look like them <laughs> most of the time. And so some of them are my friends and they're my close friends. I told them I'm not going to be their friends until they graduate college. And that's what <laughs> happened. I never befriended some of my, my my students in Facebook because I told them you are not adult yet to be in Facebook. Mm -hmm. So, um, but some of them, I don't know, they figure out a way to befriend me. So I cannot <laughs> say no because their friends, their moms are, are my friends too. So I just kind of say, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yes, yeah, they are my friends. They are my, they are my godchildren now. In fact, one of them, I've seen him in Chicago just because he's a doctor there now and so my, my daughter and I visited Chicago. She made sure that I see him when we were there. So in this job, you've been a teacher and you've really been an educator for about 30 years or so. This is my so. 30th year. Right. Mm -hmm. So what do, what do you still hope for in education? I'm still hoping to see more kids in my life, you know. Um, I'm not ready to retire, to be honest with you. I mean, my husband and I talk about it. I still love what I do. I'm still looking forward to see those little pre-K kids to become high schoolers mm -hmm. and see them as they grow up and see how they improve their lives. And my former students to still talk to me and show me and share with me what they're doing in their lives. What's one of the best things a former student has said to you about your impact on their life? Okay, so one of my students in the Philippines, and he's probably... I'll probably make sure that he listens to this because I love him dearly. Um, when he was fifth grade, that class, nobody wants to be in that class at all. I was assigned to that class mm. because I was the newest teacher and I had no <laughs> choice. And he said that during that time that nobody believes him and he was always in trouble, I was the only one who told him that that he can be a very good leader. That he is a great leader because which is true. I did not lie at all because all the boys follow him. <laughs> but I just want to make sure that he used the talent and skill in a better way. And he came back to me and told me that he's now a manager in a in a pharmaceutical company in the Philippines. And um, I'm I'm also became the godparents in her in his wedding. So uh, I think that's the best compliment any student would ever give their, their former teachers. Wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us, sharing your story, your journey, and your continued journey. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me over. This is quite a pleasure. That is Marina Antiveros, counselor at Porter Elementary. Thank you. Thank you so Feel free to join the conversation uh, with LaDonna and I and our guests by sending us an email, let's talk at mesquiteisd.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using the search term LetMISD. For Dr. LaDonna Gully, I'm Ted Madden. Let's talk again next week. <laughs>